Is the Denver Broncos edge rusher room in better shape now going into 2023 than it was in 2022? We debate. Maybe we tell you why we're a little concerned about that position on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you hit that subscribe or that follow button for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it is made available. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, my good friend, Sarah Bettinger. He is the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. And as we continue a state of the Broncos preview, looking at every position on offense, on defense, and asking the question, are they better on paper right now than they were last year at this point? There's a lot of interesting conversations we've had so far about defensive line, inside linebacker, Now we get a transition to the outside linebacker, the edge rusher piece here today for everybody in Broncos country. And make sure as you're watching this or you're listening, you engage as well with people in the YouTube comment section. Or if you want to tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos with your thoughts. We want to hear from you. So thank you so much, Broncos country. Sarah, my friend, uh, the Broncos edge rushing group right now, I mean, who we project to be the starters, it looks entirely different this year than it did last year. And I would have to say, I'm going to be honest here. There are a lot of question marks here. There really are, Cody. And it starts with Randy Gregory. Maybe the biggest question mark on, I don't know, the roster. I don't know. Maybe Russell Wilson takes the cake there. I think maybe we could give him that after the season we saw last year. But maybe defensively, is Randy Gregory the biggest question mark on this team? I mean, drop it in the comments if you think so. Cody, for me, Randy Gregory is a massive question mark. He was coming into the Denver Broncos last year. I know you and I talked about this. We kind of, you know, I I don't know how you were feeling right as the signing happened, but I feel like I kind of talked myself into Randy Gregory after really wanting players like, obviously, bringing back Von Miller would have been awesome. Seeing Chandler Jones would have been cool. Even Hassan Redick, who I think that kind of writing was on the wall for him going back to Philadelphia. But at any rate, Randy Gregory, not necessarily on that initial list of, these are guys that we really want and free agency came in. He started playing well at the beginning of last season only to suffer a a dreaded injury that kept him out way longer than I think anyone expected or anticipated. He tried to come back from that injury. Wasn't obviously ready to do so. I don't know for me, Randy Gregory is a massive question mark. I just, I, I don't know how much confidence we're supposed to have in him. I know that the Broncos are financially tied to him, at least for this season. So kind of just hoping for the best at this point with Randy Gregory at the top of your depth chart at one of the most important positions in the game. I think it is fair to say that there are some question marks. I'll tell you this. I really, really love Randy Gregory. And I, when the signing initially happened, I said like, Oh, I'm like, I was worried because of obviously, you know, the the past stuff, but then again, he's transitioning. He's made a lot of changes in his life, but yeah, the injury thing, the, the, the meniscus in week four, you know, he had to have it operated on. It took him, you know, a little bit to come back. And I would say, like, even being an altitude does impact recovery from things like surgery. But 
when he's on the field, he's impactful. He's dominant. He's all over the place. And to me, it's like, okay, you want to see that. But the question is, Sarah, and this is this is the unfortunate thing about sports. Can he stay healthy? And we're hoping maybe here in 2023 we do get to see that. But yeah, I mean, he is going to be the starter here at the edge rusher position in Vance Joseph's defense. But we do not know, you know, if he can maintain it through the entire season. That's our hope. We hope that he does. Like I said, he's a he's a fantastic dude to get to know. One of the best personalities on the team alongside Jerry Judy. They really made things really fun for a lot of us last year. Um, so I, I do hope things for Randy Gregory turn around this year that he can he can stay healthy and he can have the impact that we can see because when he is healthy, I think he is a damn good player to have specifically at that position. Now we're going to transition now to Baron Browning, who projects to be the other starter opposite of Randy Gregory. And as we all know, he is an elite, explosive, athletic freak. And I think the bigger question that we have and that we're hoping and praying for here in this situation, please do not move him to inside linebacker. Keep him at edge rusher because we see it like there's so many times if you were to cover up his number and you watch how he approaches his first step or his pass rush moves that he has or his sack dances after he gets after a quarterback, you're like, oh, my gosh, hey, look, Von Miller's on the Denver Broncos. And for for a guy like Baron Browning, that was his first year really in the NFL playing at that position. And remember that Colts game he had, I believe it was um 10 quarterback, was it 10 quarterback hits or something? Or 10 quarterback pressures on 20 pass rushing reps. Like, that's 50% pressure rate. That is unbelievable when you consider it. He's got the bend. He's got the athleticism. He does have a little bit of that, you know, fast start. And sometimes it led to a couple of, uh, you know, neutral zone infraction, offside penalties that impacted the Broncos a few times. Those are things that are coachable that you can work on, though. But he does have a skill set that I think is super necessary. Not only that, playing really well against the run as an outside edge rusher guy, he can do that. And I I think he's earned the right to be coming into the season as the starter. But the question is, like, he's a young guy. Can you continue to mold his talent there? And I think the Broncos will be able to do that, Cody. You now have a defensive coordinator in Vance Joseph who has seen quite a bit of productivity from his edge guys in the past, obviously, we can look all the way back to 2018 when it was really the only time we got to see Von Miller and Bradley Chubb together in a defense. It was Vance Joseph's defense. They both racked up. I think they combined that year for almost 30 sacks, if not 30 plus, if I'm not mistaken, Cody. I know they both had a lot, but really with Vance Joseph's defensive scheme, obviously, you're bringing in a number of different assistant coaches, which we'll talk about here in a bit to really amp up that that phase of the game, right? Because I think the Broncos pass rush, it felt better with Isiro Evero as compared to what Vance Joseph had. Remember Vance Joseph, or excuse me, Vic Fangio, he was really a, a lot about getting pressure with those front four guys and maybe maybe five on occasion, not sending a ton of blitzes. Isiro Evero was like, if we don't get there with four, we're coming with five or six or what, you know, he was like, we're getting pressure some way or another. It didn't necessarily translate into a ton of sacks for the Denver Broncos edge guys, but it did translate to was quite a quite a bit of pressure week in, week out. I, I mean, remember, Cody, I don't think a lot of people really think about this, how good the Broncos pass rush became last year because the numbers don't necessarily reflect it in terms of sacks. But remember when the when they played the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, that was the last game that Lamar Jackson played last year. The dude basically was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not. He got hit so many times early in that game. He's like, I'm out of here and didn't play the rest of the season. I mean, the Broncos 
Baron Browning was a big reason why that unit took a step forward. His first step, like you mentioned, you kind of live with those mistakes, right? But I think with that first year that he had as a full-time edge in the NFL, you've got to be encouraged by what you've seen. You've got to continue to see what you've got. I think he could be a premier pass rusher in this league in the mold of a guy like a Hassan Reddick, right? Who was an off-ball linebacker at Temple, who obviously played for Vance Joseph. And he's racked up, I don't know, double-digit sacks for like three or four different teams at this point. I think three for sure. Cardinals, Panthers, and Eagles. So I think Baron Browning, his ceiling might be a little bit like that where maybe Hassan Reddick type of level of play off the edge from him. What does the Broncos' edge depth look like for this team going forward? And we have to ask the question, did the Bradley Chubb trade cripple the Broncos' edge rushing production late last season? We'll talk about that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, Ultimate Football GM. And you've heard me talk about this mobile game app. And if you've ever thought that you'd make a good general manager, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. And when you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every aspect of building your team and leading them through seasons to try to build a historic dynasty. With the NFL draft coming up, you get to prepare, you get to identify prospects you'd love to target, you get to draft players, hire coaches. Build your team with the Ultimate Football GM. You have all the options and resources at your disposal. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free. It's playable offline where you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Broncos listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Did the Bradley Chubb trade last year at the NFL trade deadline, did it cripple the Denver Broncos at the edge position? What does their depth look like now behind maybe a couple of questionable starters, I guess we could fairly say, in Randy Gregory and Baron Browning. Cody, let's start off by talking about Bradley Chubb before we get into the depth. Obviously, the Broncos, maybe they, I'm not going to say they knew they were going to try to hire Sean Payton, but maybe they knew they needed a first-round pick to make that happen if they wanted to. Kind of felt like the Bradley Chubb trade came a little out of left field. I know he was kind of an obvious candidate at the same time, but also there was talks about a contract extension potentially happening. And although the Broncos were in a position right there after that Jaguars game and kind of in that range where it was like, they're not really competitive, but maybe after beating the Jaguars in London, they trade Bradley Chubb, obviously to the Miami Dolphins. He gets an extension there. Where do you feel that leaves the team in terms of this question? Did it cripple the position for the Broncos? Are they going to have to reset off the edge in the near future? I think this is a great question, right? Because when you initially look at it, it definitely didn't pan out for the Broncos. I think from the on-field production, right? We could talk about, yes, it led to you getting a pick that was used to help get Sean Payton. That's great. And I think it can pay off. But when we're looking at the on-field, that position-specific production, when he was traded, production fell off in terms of the pass rush. When Draymond got hurt, I mean, Denver at that point, they were missing their two pressure makers that were creating a lot of opportunities for the rest of the defense. And you can definitely tell by the lack of quarterback pressures that happened later on in the season. Well, you know, they go out and they trade for a guy like Jacob Martin as well. Not really related at all to the Bradley Chubb trade, but they made that trade. Someone who's going to come in and play edge rusher rotation and then also play a role on special teams. 
suffered a knee injury and missed the majority of the season after only appearing in a couple of games for Denver there. You know, and then you get Nick Benito, who I think it was very puzzling at first, right? You know, okay, second round pick. And we didn't see him play much really at all until late in the season. To me, that was a little bit of a concern there. But, you know, Sarah, they've gone through and they've they've brought in some pass rush specialists, somebody who has some familiarity with Nick Benito. What I mean, what are your thoughts right now? Because I talked about Jacob Martin. He's still on the roster. He'll be coming into camp. Let's talk about Nick Benito. And there's some other guys, too, that, uh, you know, should be considered about this when we talk about the Broncos depth. Well, I think Nick Benito, for me, is a guy that I would say he kind of eliminates that option I, I don't know not necessarily eliminates you never say eliminate never say never I just don't love the idea Cody of the Broncos going after an edge player with one of their top picks in this draft mainly because you have I, I don't know if you want to call them project players I guess you already have a couple of those guys like Baron Browning we mentioned him he took a big step forward last season Nick Benito could he do the same in his second NFL season right you're kind of you kind of got a bank on that you took him Pick number 64 when you had a need for a starting right tackle, right? I remember, and nobody's going to forget, nobody's going to let George Payton live it down, that Abraham Lucas was still on the board when they selected Nick Benito. And Abraham Lucas went on to become the starting right tackle of the Seattle Seahawks last year, had a very good rookie season. And that was a position the Broncos obviously had a pressing need. So maybe kind of speaks against my personal philosophy of not drafting for need at certain positions, I guess depending on who's available, but you took Nick Benito, who you you got to project him as a big part of your rotation, right? He has to be a, a top backup or maybe a starter at some point, depending on what injuries happen. Broncos hired Jamar Kane, formerly of LSU, formerly of Oklahoma. He was LSU's defensive line coach last year, and he was Nick Benito's position coach at Oklahoma. He's going to be the new pass rush specialist for that Denver Broncos defensive coaching staff. So remember the name Jamar Kane as we kind of look forward to the development of these young guys. I feel like the, the stage is set for the Broncos to really move forward with the group they have rather than adding a bunch of new blood to it. But that's just my opinion, Cody. I wonder what everyone else thinks in the comments as well. But I like Nick Benito. I like his skill set. Obviously explosive. Can he take that step forward in 2020? We've seen some flashes from Benito as well. You know, we saw it at training camp. We saw it in the regular season. I think the biggest complaint that people have about him is, well, he's got to be more consistent as, you know, on the outside against the run, which, you know, it's fair. But for a guy who didn't get as many reps as he probably should have for being a second round pick, I mean, yeah, I was a little concerned about that. If Benito gets the same amount of reps essentially this upcoming season than he, you know, as he did last year, I would be very, very concerned. I think I'm in agreement with you. Denver has to do whatever they can to get him on the field, to get him more reps, and continue to maximize in their investment of a second-round pick in him. Now, there's another guy as well who I think can be a very, very capable role player here for the Broncos defense. As we've seen, he's been reliable, whether it be under Vic Fangio, Ajiro Evro, and that is Jonathan Cooper. You know, obviously for him, he dropped back in a round seven because of, you know, the heart issue that he had rectified. But man, the guy plays with such a high motor He's got some good pass rush moves to him. He's, I'd say, consistent. The one thing, yeah, you know, against Seattle, he had the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, stuff like that. I'm going to let go. It's week one. You know, the the emotions, the energy, you know, is high. But not only that, he plays a key role on special teams as well for you. He can be an impact player. And I think he's proven he can start if, in fact, one of your guys goes down. He can be a reliable guy to step in and play there. 
outside of that, you talk talk about a couple of other guys too. I mean, I think Aaron Patrick, as we talk about the unfortunate incident happened in that week six Monday night football game, going out of bounds, stepping on that mat and then tearing his ACL. That sucks. I mean, I don't know what his timeline is, but he's coming off of an ACL injury. And then you look at Christopher Allen. So, I mean, I feel like nobody talks about Christopher Allen. And sometimes I myself, I am guilty. I sometimes forget about Christopher Allen. He pretty much used last year as a redshirt, right? Undrafted rookie free agent out of Alabama. Has a ton of talent there. Enough for George Payne to say, hey, you know what? This guy, let's let's shut it down. Let's give him a year. Like he's been in a year in the system here in Denver. And now you bring him in with Sean Payton. He's going to get a clean opportunity to compete for a roster spot. I want to know what your quick thoughts are on that. Well, he's a name to keep an eye on, isn't he? I think definitely an intriguing prospect considered a, I think, a fourth round guy by Dane Brugler. We talked about him quite a bit last year. And I think Christopher Allen is somebody that you got to keep tabs on. He's coming in fresh. He's coming in likely with uh, a lot of juice, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, probably very eager. I know his time at Alabama was cut short from injury. Obviously, he redshirted last year in the NFL. And there's no official redshirt, but we, you know what we're saying. Uh, he took the year to kind of get acclimated and get fully healthy. He is a wild card in this group amongst a an entire group full of wild cards, I would say. I think Christopher Allen is somebody to keep an eye on, Cody. A lot of things to consider for the Broncos edge rusher room as they approach 2023. We're going to ask the question on paper, and we want you to follow along as well. On paper, we're taking it to court. Are the Broncos better at edge rusher right now going into 2023 than they were last year? You'll get that on today's episode of the show. This episode is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel. And the NBA playoffs are almost here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers, they get a no sweat. First bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained in a game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. As we continue on with our series here, State of the Broncos looking position by position at every element of this football team and asking the question, did the Broncos get better? We're going to take the case to court here. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe or that follow button. If you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting platform, make sure you hit that subscribe or that follow button as well so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, and more every single day, all year long. We have you covered. This is the place to be. Sarah? Let's take it to court, my friend. I'm going to ask you the question here. When it comes to the Broncos being better on paper at edge rusher, are they better right now going into 2023 than they were last year? The results say no. I'm not going to say they're better right now, Cody. I know I can't. I, I shouldn't say no. What I what I wrote down for this is I can't say yes. And, you know, it's more of a optimistic view, I guess. I can't say yes, they're better, right? Last year, they had Bradley Chubb, uh, and that position group obviously took a loss with him being traded. He's a very talented, very good edge player, and this group needs young players to develop rather quickly to become a a top-tier edge group or even to become a good edge group. I think you lose Bradley Chubb. Obviously, that's a big one right there. 
but you do have a lot of guys. I, I like the depth the Broncos have. It's an odd situation to where I feel really good about the guys they have. I just don't know exactly what we're going to get. I think the, the group on paper looks good. Better than 2022, though. I'm going to say I can't say yes just yet, Cody. What do you say? I think that's a fair thing to say. And, and I'm in agreement with you because so much for me to say yes is contingent upon can they stay healthy, right? Which there is no guarantees. We don't have a crystal ball that's going to say, okay, hey, Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, these two guys are going to stay healthy for a full season. There's no guarantee to that. I feel like when I look at the edge rusher position right now and I factor in everything with every player, you know, coming back this upcoming season, it's the one position that has a lot of talent, has a lot of potential, but the idea of it, I think, feels a lot better than it actually is. And it may sound like a harsh criticism for me, but for me, there's no guarantee that this position room is going to be as impactful as maybe what they were going to have last year. Look, when you had Bradley Chubb and you had Randy Gregory both healthy and you had Draymond Jones there alongside TJ Jones and Mike Purcell, Sarah, that is a ridiculously stout unit. And obviously the results spoke for itself when all those guys were on the field at the same exact time. You lose Bradley Chubb, you lose Draymond Jones, you do have Mike Purcell and DJ Jones, you add in Zach Allen, who I think is going to be a a big addition for the defensive line at the end spot. But the question is, can Baron Brown and Randy Gregory, can they be those two anchors there on the outside edge? Can they stay healthy? If they can, I'm confident that they can be good. But I'm not willing to say right now that the edge rushing room is better than where it was last year at this point in time. And I think it's an interesting conversation. I'm eager for Broncos country's thoughts on this as well. So if you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comment section down below how you feel about it. If you're listening in your favorite audio podcasting platform, drop it in Twitter at Cody Rook NFL at Sarah Bettinger at Locked On Broncos. It's a very interesting discussion that I think needs to be had here when we talk about this team because. You mentioned Vance Joseph. You met, like Vance Joseph has proven as a defense coordinator, he can have guys that are going to have double-digit sacks, right? Denver hasn't had that guy in quite some time. I mean, when was the last time Denver had a player who had 10-plus sacks in a season? I mean, I think, was it was it necessarily, was it going all the way back to Vance Joseph when Vaughn and, and Chubb combined for 26-and-a-half sacks? Was that the last year that they had a 10-plus sack guy? Yeah, you might be right, Cody. I'm looking it up off the top of my head they, here. I can't. Quite they couldn't remember. get after quarterbacks in, in in Vic Fangio's first year, and I think that was like a huge thing. And obviously, you lose Chubb, you know, in Week Four, you lose him. I I don't think that they did that. I don't think that they oh, had a yeah. guy who had ten sacks. Yeah, Malik Reed led the team with eight in 2020, so we've got that one covered right there. Then in 2021, the team leader was Shelby Harris at six. And obviously last year, the, the team leader was Draymond Jones. I believe he had six or six, six, six and a half, something like that. So, yeah, you're right. I Jeez. mean, it, it hasn't been, it's been a minute. So it's been a while. I guess I forgot. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been a while. Everybody do their best impression of that song in the comments because you can hear that line every time it's written now. You can just hear it being sung. But 2019, Cody. You look all the way back, Von Miller had eight sacks that year. So, yeah, Jeez. you're right. It wasn't since 2018. So, Vance Joseph, he he may bring back the double-digit sack to the Denver Broncos defense. Please, Vance Joseph, please bring that back here because I think if Denver could get more sacks on the quarterback, you know, even more pressures, it leads to more opportunities for takeaways. I'm confident with Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, Damari Mathis. 
We'll talk a little bit more about that because we still have two positions on the defensive side of the ball that we have to address, and that'll be cornerback. That will be safety as well. You can expect those episodes next week here on Locked Out Broncos. Just want to say thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every single day. Enjoy your weekend. Sarah and myself will be back next week as we continue our state of the Broncos, and we'll also get into the offensive side of the ball as well as we continue this series here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. Make sure to interact with people, Broncos country, in the chat if you're watching on YouTube, in the comment section. Share your thoughts as well. We like interacting with all of you. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you on Monday for...